At KeyBank, we understand what you need to run a middle market company. We bring a team of strategists and problem solvers to design and deliver solutions critical to your business's success. KeyBank offers industry expertise, investment banking and capital markets, payment automation, loans and lines of credit, plus equipment financing. Connect with your local KeyBank team. Learn more at key.com slash commercial. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thanks. Great to be here. It's great to have you here joining us from literally the other side of the world. So thanks for waking up early to uh, hang out with us for a few minutes here on the Grit Daily uh, Startup Show. We, we love to talk about the world of startup, the good, the bad, and what we like to call the gritty. So I'm curious to learn what your experience has been in the world of startup. But before we get into all that, let's help our listeners better understand a little bit more about you uh, and your backstory and what really brought you into what you're working in, working on present day. Sure. Well, I'm Australian, as you'll hear from my accent, and I'm based in Sydney right now. Um, my background is advertising and marketing, so very much like diving into users' insights, like what are the problems they have, how do we solve them, how do we reach them, how do we communicate to them. Um, on the agency side, it tends to be more creative, but on the client side, it tends to be more holistic. So sometimes you're actually looking at the product and actually going, okay, well, we know that they have this product, sorry, this problem, how can we actually change the product to make it better? So in that way, I sort of became an entrepreneur, I guess. And then um, I moved to New York, I guess, 13 years ago. And I was working, I was running sales and marketing for a company. Most of my background, I should say, is telecommunications, wireless, like, you know, Vodafone, Samsung, like pretty much every telco under the sun. Um, and at the time, running sales and marketing for a company, I had an idea for a product. I pitched it to the owner. And instead of giving me a budget, he said, I'm giving you a million dollars. You're now the CEO create this company. And so 13 years ago, I created my first company called Doodad. And that was the first time I'd had the experience of you know running a startup. And up until that point, I probably would never have thought of myself as a founder or thought of startups as a career. Um, but I did it and I loved it. And so I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I think once you've gone through and executed on something that you really believe in, it's very hard to like not see a problem and a solution and want to execute on it. And so... For whatever reasons, I had to wrap that up a year later. Um, and I went to join Ultra Mobile, which became the fastest growing company in America, which then incubated Mint Mobile, which you might have heard of. Um, and I worked there for six years. So super fast growing company. Like I kind of just got sucked into the vortex. It was an incredible experience. Um, but on the side, I like loved the idea of innovation. So I started building mobile apps. So I, I developed a weather app and I developed the Festival Friend Finder app and I developed a dating app. Um, but I really wanted to be doing startups full time, and my visa in America, being a non, being a, you know an alien, um, I basically had so many restrictions that I ended up moving back to Australia to start this company. And so, Miss Tyler, which is my company now, which I've been running for three years, is a fashion startup, and I have no background in fashion, and you know, but. I, you know, this was something that in 2014, it was a product that I really wanted. And the, the whole sort of insight was, 
well, I don't really like fashion. I don't really like shopping. When I go into the stores, I don't know what to pick up. I don't know what things go together. I never know to zhuzh the sleeves, you know, like all those like style things that other people just innately know. Um, But I get dressed every day. And when I like what I'm wearing, I feel a lot better about myself. And so like, how do I just feel better every day with my clothes? And so I started asking my fashionable friends to go shopping with me. And I very quickly realized that they were excellent at dressing themselves and really bad at dressing me because they, because I'm brunette and they're blonde and, you know, they had bigger boobs. They were shorter. They were a different size. And so I realized I was like, wow, all these people are just experts at dressing themselves. That's what they've perfected. So how do I just go onto Instagram, find someone who looks like me, who's more fashionable that I can copy. And, and that's essentially what Ms. Tyler is. And so the name is spelled M-Y. And then if you break it apart there, it's my styler. And then we just move the S across into Ms. Tyler to make it, you know, more human and sound like any woman. And God. so, yeah, it's, it's basically like Instagram, except for fashion. And at the moment, it's currently only women. And women can go in there, put in a bunch of data points, like their height, their size, their bra size, their body shape, and we'll match them to the creators around the world that look most like them. So if they like their style, they can follow them. And all of a sudden, they've got a, a, a feed of content that is essentially things that you could wear because it's designed for your body and designed for your style. So this was something that was created out of out of your own personal need and your own experience. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, I honestly thought everyone else just knew what they were doing. And like, I was like an anomaly that just had no idea. And then as I spoke to people, because again, this was like, you know, 2014, so nearly 10 years ago, as I started speaking to people, people were like, oh no, even my fashionable friends were like, I would love that too. Um, so I kind of was like informally validating it for the next six years when I was working at Ultra and um, Mint Mobile. So just like chatting to people, learning about it. And then when I was at Mint Mobile, a couple of things that I looked after was like influencer marketing. And I could see the shift from like macro influencers to micro influencers that are more engaged, more authentic, more relatable. And I could, I was also looking after affiliate marketing, which is if you send traffic to e-commerce, you get a thanks. And so you get commissioned back in return. And so all of a sudden, like all these things sort of came together. And I was like, this is the business model. This is how it could work. And so um, at the end of 2019, I left New York, which I love, um, moved back to Australia, uh, joined an accelerator program, got our first check through that accelerator program and started building. And the rest is history. Wow. You really get out of town uh, just in time before uh... <laughs> The world shut down. I know. <laughs> Couldn't have timed that better. I mean, it's a bittersweet, of course. I mean, I don't know what's better, Australia or, or New York City. I haven't been to Australia yet, um, but um, uh, it sounds like your timing could not have been better on that. Yeah, right. I think if you're going to global global pandemic, I think you better to be in Australia. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, what, do you, what? Which one do you like better? Uh, I mean, I definitely miss New York City. Like just, you just can't beat the energy, just the concentration. It's like New York's a really hard place. Like it's a really, really shitty place to live, um, <laughs> but, you know, but there's so much good that it's like, if you're tapping into that good, you can't beat it, you know? And I'll, I'll walk down the street and I'll be like, oh, you know, like the broken sidewalk and, the, you know, this is disgusting. This is gross. And you just like get this feeling of joy and you just think, I just like love this place. It's not rational. No, not at all. Well, everybody left during the pandemic. So it was kind of a, it was kind of desolate, but there were so many regulations. That's why everyone ended up leaving. And as the regulations lightened, I mean, I'm in Miami. So, um, you know, our city got taken over by New Yorkers 
who quickly found themselves back in New York after <laughs> I heard New York has kind of returned back to uh, uh, the, the norm now, which uh, which is great. Um, yeah. But Miami is still a six borough. I'm convinced. <laughs> well, every, everyone just got better looking in New York because all of a sudden they were like a bit more relaxed. They were a bit more tanned. <laughs> right. Came back, came back and it was just like Miami made New York a better looking place. Yeah. Miami's all fun and games. till the first hurricane hits and everyone's like, I am <laughs> out of here. So uh, when we talk about the world of startup, uh, what would you say the worst part of the startup process is? I mean, I think, honestly, like I love startup and I had six years of pent up startup energy. So I think I had a lot of like fuel going into it. Um, and I also knew how hard it was. And I think that's that's one thing, you know, with investors wanting to invest in serial entrepreneurs because it's bloody hard. And so if you're a serial, per a serial person, like they know that you've done it before and you're choosing eyes wide open to do it again. Um, you know, it, it definitely accumulates though. I think like that, that's one of the hard things, like, cause it's, it's really like, the, especially at the beginning, first of all, like you're initiating everything, you know, so everything comes from you. Like if you don't do anything, nothing moves forward. It definitely gets a little bit easier as you go over time. And all of a sudden, like somebody's sending you an email that you get to respond to somebody else creates something that you can like edit that, that sort of part of it becomes you know, easier, but there's definitely like a fatigue that happens from this like constant initiation. Um, the other thing I think, you know, again, pro and con is like, you have to do everything. And so, you know, it's quite nice to be in a job and do a really good job, you know, like to know that you're doing a really good job in startups. You basically, all the things that you're bad at, that's what you spend all your time doing. You're not, you're not a perfect, you're not a professional, you're not a perfectionist. You're, you're literally just doing everything that you should not be doing because it's not your wheelhouse. And that's what you're spending your time doing. Um, and then for me, I'm a sole founder. And so I'm splitting my time between like running a business where you're focused on what are the problems? Like, what do I need to solve today? Like what's going wrong? And, you know, that can become quite you know, you, you, you almost feel like everything's wrong because that, that's what you're focused on. And then all of a sudden you flip and you're meeting with investors and you're trying to tell them the big picture and sell them like the opportunity. And like, honestly, it's like that context switching between sort of like micro problems to like big picture opportunity that I think is really draining. Like I started wearing an Apple watch because I was like, I can feel my heart rate going crazy. <laughs> and the months that I fundraise, it's like beyond a Barry's class, like a Barry's class. I might get up to 110 fundraising, 185, you know, wow. so it goes to show. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite the uh, adrenaline rush or, you know, stress factor at the same time. Right. It, it is. I think, and I think it is that because it's like, it's, again, over time you get tired. And so all of a sudden, like you'll have like nothing in the tank and then you have to go into a pitch meeting or something like that. And it's like, you got to find that. So it's almost like you take out a, like a, an adrenaline pen, you give yourself a shot and then you go into the meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Most time it's like what Red Bull coffee, you know, whatever we can get to, uh, to, get excited yeah. about uh, and, and get some added energy uh, into that process. So to, to the complete opposite of that, what would you say the best part of the startup process is? I mean, honestly, I think if you're an entrepreneur, it's it's because you just like love it. It's like you, you truly believe that you're creating something important, that you're having impact. Um, you know, I think, you know, there's, there's, there's also a sense of pride of being able to be the generals and being able to figure it out. Um, you know, I just don't think you can beat that. I think it would be very hard for me to ever do something else. And I spoke to people and they were like, it's because you you don't want to ever have your another boss. So you don't want to work for someone else. And I was like, I'm totally fine working for someone else. I just want to be working on something that, that I think 
needs to exist in the world. Yeah. That's a big difference there. You know, you're, uh, you know, why you're doing what you're doing versus, you know, just another job um, that you're kind of going through the motions with. So yeah. I, I get that. I'm a terrible employee. So completely unemployed, un, unemployable um, and not not somebody uh, a company hires. But then again, I haven't had a job in 18 years. So um, th- that that makes sense. But um, so we're, we're at the time we're recording this episode, it's all, it's kind of the beginning of 2023. And uh, what are you guys excited for for you know this new year? Yeah. So, I mean, we, so if you think about us like Instagram, then, you know, we are a tech platform, but our product is really the people. Our product is really the creators that are posting outfits and showing you what they're wearing. And so in building this, like, you know, it's really been about the people as well as the tech. Um, And so we've gotten to a point now where we, uh, I think we've just got over 310,000 users on the platform now. So that's people that have like downloaded the app and gone through, created a profile and done their body quiz, which is like a huge amount. We've got nearly 2000 creators on the site. Um, and so this year, I mean, this is the year about the money. So this is the year that, you know, we are really like focused on the monetization of the platform. Um, and, you know, we're, we're speaking to investors at the moment. So hopefully we'll be closing around in the next quarter. And honestly, what's going to be exciting is having like more capital so that we can build out our team a little bit and, you know, like bring some specialists in and maybe I don't do everything, you know, it would be really nice. So yeah, there's lot, there's lots happening. Sure. Well, that's some, that's some pretty rapid growth for, uh, when, when did you guys launch? We launched in August, 2020, but in August, 2020, we had no creators. And so the way we got around that was we found the body data of 400 celebrities. And so the initial iteration was download the app, put in your body data, and we'll tell you which celebrity you look at. Like, so when you're looking through magazines, you can be like, okay, I'll look at her. Um, And then we started recruiting creators. And so by February, 2021, we had 180 creators. And so we launched them onto the platform. And so all of a sudden it was like celebrity creator, celebrity creator. And really like the, the feedback was, I have to skip through all the celebrities to get to the creators, but it's so good seeing real women and what people actually wear to like do the school run or go to brunch or, you know, night out. And so, yeah, so February, 2021. So I guess like two years of having this current iteration, like Very the cool. real product. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, I'm, uh, I'm excited for it. It's clear that you've built something that, uh, that there's a need for it. solved your needs. And then based on the growth that you guys have experienced, it's clear that uh, there was some demand out there. So wanted to encourage you to keep up the great work, wishing you guys nothing but uh, but success. And uh, any any final thoughts for our listeners? Yeah, actually, just one thing I haven't mentioned, which, you know, I, I kind of was, um, I guess, a bit naive by, and I guess this is, you know, I wasn't from the industry. But when we first launched, I had so many women outreach to me and say, this is the first time I've ever seen my body type, my age, my height, whatever represented in fashion. And when you think about fashion, it's designed to be very exclusive and sort of aspirational, but sort of inaccessible, you know, like, I don't know what the exact percentage is, but maybe 1% of people look like, you know, a typical model. And so everyone else has just felt abnormal in the world of fashion. And so all of a sudden, like, you know, by, by sort of helping people find clothes that fit, we've actually helped people actually feel like they fit into fashion, which has been really powerful and, and probably like the most powerful part of the app. That's a, that's a marketing uh, tagline waiting to happen right there. <laughs> I'll use it. Absolutely. Sarah, it's been a pleasure to meet you. And thanks again for your time and for hanging out with us for a few minutes here on the Grit Daily Startup Show. You guys keep rocking and rolling over there on the other side of the world. All right. 
Will do. Thanks, Sebastian. See ya. Until next time, friends. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. We love the employee retention tax credit and what it does for clients. Find out if you qualify at iHeartTaxRefunds.com. As the first and only CPA firm in the country solely offering ERC services, JWC has helped thousands of businesses claim over $500 million in tax refunds. We're a licensed and regulated CPA firm committed to client education without the gimmicks and deception of unlicensed ERC companies. Learn how to qualify at iHeartTaxRefunds.com.